just when you thought official sequels couldn't get any better, we're going Texas Chainsaw Massacre from Netflix. The official sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Yeah, it's John. We're... uh, We're on episode number 38 for a Cut Above Horror Review. We brought on a good friend of ours, Andy Gilly, formerly a co-host of mine from the Horrorphoria podcast. And we're going to talk about this movie in depth. So is it worth the watch? Is it one of those, I don't know, the the official sequel to a classic horror movie? We got to give it a listen because we want to know where the fuck are the Sawyers. It starts now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to a Cut Above Horror Review. It's a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022. But before we get into that, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, I'd like to welcome back a very special guest, Andy Gilly. Welcome, Andy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Welcome Thank back. you. We love having you as a guest, um, and it's Welcome. been too long since the last time. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I appreciate it very much. It's always good to talk to you guys. Yeah. So I like I basically will probably just shut up and let Andy talk because he said last time Andy was on the show, he said everything I wanted to say except better. So <laughs> I think maybe I'll just like be quiet tonight. Thanks, Jack. I, that's a huge compliment coming from you because I love your analysis of things as well. Thank you. Next up, it's Hydraberg. Hail Hydra. Hi, guys. What's going on? How you doing? Good. It's good to see you back, Andy. Thanks. Thanks, Hydraberg. <laughs> and last but not least, we got John. What's going on, John? Happy spring, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah is today the fine. first day or is it tomorrow? No, it's today. today. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know it. It's the spring. Spring Equinox. has sprung. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. And, and I want to thank Andy for coming on again. Obviously, uh, uh, he and I were co-hosts of a previous podcast called Horror For You Podcast. So h- how's the spring going out there in uh, Wisconsin there, buddy? Uh, well, actually, we, we have it now. It's, uh, if you wow. call it spring, it's 50 degrees here. So uh, that's what we call spring. <laughs> Our snow is all melted. Oh, good. Yeah. I think no, that counts, right? As long as there's no that. snow, that well, counts. Yeah, I I guess that's what we call that spring. It's actually my yeah, least Wisconsin, favorite yeah. season. That's true. Yeah, I'm in Wisconsin. Yeah. Are you from so, Wisconsin, Andy? I am, yes. Uh, okay. I grew up here. Uh, and spring is actually my least favorite season because it's like uh, kind of uh, dreary and mucky in Wisconsin. I, I like the snow. Uh, I'm like kind of the opposite of John on that. I know he hates it. He hated the cold. I like the cold. Fall is my favorite season when it's starting to be everything's getting dead and uh, you know it's becoming winter. That's my favorite season, and that's why he's a horror fan. He likes everything. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what, what, what's one of your favorite movies? Uh, well, I actually um, there's yeah uh, a bunch of my favorite movies happen in fall. So uh, it, Halloween, Phantasm. I love the uh, you know fall feeling to Phantasm. That's one of the reasons I love that movie. A Serbian film. Which we talked about last time. So. Does that film take place in fall? I've kind of blanked out everything that happens in that. Phantasm, film. yeah. No, 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 a Serbian film. 
Oh, a Serbian film. Actually, I want to say that's in spring. <laughs> John, you're yeah. just trying to be provocative. I am. I am. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm good. Andy, thank you so much for coming on again for a second time. So we appreciate it so much. Absolutely. You know, that Phantasm episode is like one of our top five uh, downloaded episodes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And for me personally, I actually think that's one of our most memorable. Like, I I remember more of our conversation about that. And yeah, like how much fun we had recording that. So it was a blast. But I think this one's going to top it. (laughs) Well, this was an interesting movie. You can blame me for this if you, uh, we were just talking about that. You can blame me for uh, making you watch this. Uh, John had suggested something else. I don't remember what, but I was like, you know what? Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out around that time. We have to watch that. I was talking about having you on for Hatchet. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I thought that might be something that you enjoy. Yeah, I, I, I saw the trailer that I haven't seen, actually seen it yet. You've never seen the Hatchet series? No, I have not. Oh, wow. Well, we'll just have to cover that. Yeah. We'll we'll just have to cover that down the line and make sure Andy can put it on the back for that. Yeah. Andy, we'll we'll bring you back on for that one. It it might be more of a pleasurable experience than what we just went through. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, John, it's it's lucky that Andy mentioned that he's the one who chose this film because I was gonna like get down on you this episode. But you're off the hook now. <laughs> Andy's going to catch it. So. I'll blame this guy next to me. <laughs> didn't we just review, like, May the Devil Take You, like, two episodes ago? Yes, but I didn't. Yeah. That was yeah. Okay. That was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll take that. All right. Well, let's find out if there's any horror news in the horror world. Hey, everyone. Have you yeah? heard news? It's John, your news guy. It's Joe Bob's last drive-in show coming back from season four, uh, April 29th. Yeah. And otherwise better known as Hyderberg, just fast forwarding through the parts to see Darcy, the male girl. <laughs> That's no. pretty much how he watches them. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, the three of us have, uh, we sort of like connected on those uh, live watches, actually. We did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked through the Slack chat, but that's kind of where we really like started making jokes and connecting the three of us on there. Yeah. I started joining the Joe Bob watch parties before I ever joined the Slack. Like I, I was watching Joe Bob with you guys for at least a month or two before I joined the Slack. And um, I don't know what took me so long to do that, but yeah, I got to know you guys first through the, through Joe Bob. And I was telling Andy about that, like, like back in our day is, you know, join these things. Like you're watching it live, but you're also watching it on shutter as you're like chatting with all these people. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, Andy, John, I think if I want to speak, what, Jacqueline? I was going to ask Andy if he thought he might jump in on and watch some Joe Bob with us this season. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll definitely have to do it. Sounds like a great time. I, I did not uh, ever, ever do that before. So I, I know John always said those were a good time. Yeah. It's really fun. Gotta, yeah. Go ahead, Heidelberg. You got to get in before Bob from Straight Sean falls asleep because he's the one that <laughs> lets you in. Yes. That is yeah. true. Good advice. Pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what what make one of the things that makes it fun for me is that sometimes the movies that he chooses are really bad. And if I were just watching it by myself, it would be tough to get through. But when you're watching it with the group and joking around and having a drink and it has kind of a more party mm. atmosphere, even though it's all online, it makes it like more of a fun event that it doesn't really matter if the movie sucks. It's just a fun time. Yeah, actually, some of the best uh, times I've had on there were some of the crappiest movies, actually, because we 
the conversation just went even further. Like we got more involved in the conversation on the mm-hmm. Zoom chat. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And making fun of those things with like Miles and you and everybody else. It's just it's really fun. Was it Frank? Frank? Frank I think Frank? actually the worst uh, the movie is that show gets better. Uh, Joe, yeah. Bob, it's like Mr. Science Theater three thousand or something. If it's the worse the movie is, the uh, the more fun it is to watch on that particular show. And yeah, uh, John, I like Frank and Hooker is a certified classic. Bro. Oh, shut up! Uh, yeah, I like <laughs> the fact that he jumps in like every 20, 30 minutes and just gives you facts about the movie, and then yeah. he brings in a guest. You know, and uh-huh. I, I don't. It, it's so much fun. So definitely check out Joe Bob. And then just when you think he's going to break back to the movie, he just like settles in and goes on some long rant about some minor thing. And you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Right. All right. Uh, How many people have seen Scream 5? Me. All right. Jacqueline Heidelberg. Andy, you and I have not not seen seen that yet. Uh, A date date for Scream 6 is coming out uh, March 2023. So they're going to set it up for that. So pretty much the same time it came out. Well, Came out in what January? Uh, yeah, January. That's okay. a fast turnaround. Yeah. Wait, did they already have Scream Five in the can for a long time before they released it? Like, was it supposed to be released last year and then they delayed it? Yeah, I think it was the pandemic. That makes more sense. Yeah, the, the, okay. the pandemic kind of pushed it back, but they turned this around so quickly because it was successful at the box office. Like, yeah. So yeah, they still must have waited on production or like really planning it until seeing how it would do at the box office. That's a really fast turnaround, like 14 months. That's okay. I mean, if that, I mean, they they probably started after the first week. It's like, come on guys, let's go. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Joe Bob, he, he featured a movie called scare package. Uh, Have any of you guys seen that? No. Uh, that was late to that one. I didn't get to see that one. You've never seen it. I'm the no, only. I know it's on Shutter, Andy. I know you've never seen it. It is on Shutter. Yeah. Joe Bob, Joe Bob featured it because he was on or in the movie. That's when they did oh. uh, Scare Package and Hogzilla. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was like the main star of that movie. <laughs> uh, they're doing Scare Package too, and I'm wow. assuming this. This is my guess. They just released the trailer for it. That it, it's going to be on Shutter. It's going to be featured on Joe Bob's show. Um, it's called Scare Package Two: Rad Chad's Revenge. So you guys haven't seen it. I won't spoil it. Oh, Rad Chad. Rad Rad how, old, how old is the first one? Uh, I approximately three years ago. Oh, okay. So very recent. Not like not like from the eighties or something. Yeah, it was like the last season of Joe Bob, but it was like one of the like brand new movies that he put on there because he does eighties and seventies and nineties movies and stuff like that. But it was gotcha. I was like, this is one of those um anthologies or or horror movies that tie in comedy with horror perfectly because it makes you laugh more than you're like disgusted. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Check out Scare Package, the first one on Shutter. So, uh, my last story is this is weird. Ben Stiller is in talks to play Jack Torrance. What in a, in a stage adaptation oh. of The Shining? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That I can uh, handle. That I guess. Yeah, I, I'm not glad a it's not a reboot. Well, I, I had just started to get a migraine until you said stage production, and that that halted the onset of migraine. Well, the um, migraine that started with me was a stage adaptation of The Shining. 
I mean, again, Andy, you and I agree that this is not the best horror movie of all time, but right. it's Jacqueline, are you okay? <laughs> I think I just I think I just had a coronary. Like all right, all right, sorry, Jack. Are you insinuating that you don't care for the shining? He just said it's not the best. Well, but sometimes people say it like that to mean that they actually hate it. But it, it takes like, place in the fall. It's not the best horror movie. No, it's not the it's the winter. winter you whatever. Fool. We we've done this before, and it's not. Yeah. All right, I'm I don't gonna... think it's John or I's favorite horror movie. I right. think uh, right. you know, I don't. I don't think we, we definitely didn't hate it. I don't remember what rating we gave it on Horrorphoria, but uh, Did you give it a classic. Oh yeah, we definitely. It's definitely a classic. I will okay. absolutely admit that it's yeah. a, it's one hundred percent a classic. There's no doubt about that. I think we both agree on that, but. Um, is it, it's just not my favorite horror movie. I think like a lot of Kubrick, it suffers from, you know, pacing issues and it's just, it's kind of drawn out and uh, longer than it should be. I can, yeah, I can understand that. That's fair. I guess uh, I can tolerate that opinion. John, is the stage play directed by Rob Zombie? Oh, he Heiderberg. got it in. Very good. Nice <laughs> done, Hyderberg. That would make it excellent. <laughs> that was that was very sneaky. It was. It's gonna <laughs> no, be PG too. So mm. back to back to the news story though about the stage production. So the reason that that kind of like halted my migraine and like I actually feel like that might be interesting to see The Shining produced yes. on the stage. What? Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird idea, but if you think about <laughs> it, like one of the earliest sort of like forms of like modern horror is the Grand Guignol theater tradition which is like i don't know if you're not familiar that's like a basically like a bloody kind of like it's basically like slashers type stories on a stage it's like known for very bloody and theatrical type stories okay um and so i feel like that could almost work in a grand guignol sort of fashion like if you you know pick up the pacing a little bit and make it a like a little snappier and like I mean, I think you could do some interesting things with it. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious. Is this going to be on like off Broadway or like, do you know where it's going to be? They didn't place? say it was actually just he's in talks to play Jack Torrance of The Shining. Hmm. So they they did this with uh, Evil Dead. They had like mm-hmm. Evil Dead yes. musical. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it just kind of was one of these traveling shows. I, I remember seeing uh, some advertisements for it in Chicago. So I, I think it's, you know, way off Broadway stuff. It's just mm. kind of one of these event things that comes to different towns or whatever and plays at your theater in your town. I, always I mean, Ben Stiller is a big scene. name, though. I yeah, mean... he definitely is. So I, I'm sure that one will be just in New York. But uh, yeah, they, they, I remember they did this with Evil Dead, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got a in and give us Evil Dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to see Evil Dead on Broadway. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I think Ben Stiller would be all right. Ben Stiller's got range. He's got blue steel. He can, he can do his thing on stage. I actually feel like he could do that. I mean, there. Yeah. I feel like there's a kind of long I line think. of comedians who have been successful at doing dramatic or even like frightening type roles. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is Robin Williams in One Hour mm. Photo. I don't know if you guys remember that little thing. Yeah. Oh, Pacino's in that too. Who? Al Pacino. Pacino. Oh, yeah. Al Pacino. Is he? Oh, I didn't remember that. I just. Was that in sound? Oh. You ever see uh you ever see Permanent Midnight? No. Ben Stiller is uh like a 
I, I can't remember exactly what the plot of it is, but it's a more serious movie. And he's like a drug addict in it. Dude. I think okay. he could definitely pull this off. It, it's it's he's got a little bit of uh, the psychoticness of uh, of uh, Jack uh, in, in that okay. movie. I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I'm a lot not, of comedians have a dark side. If I'm not the, all of them. I'm not discrediting Ben Stiller as an actor. I just I don't see him as Jack Torrance because. I mean, if on paper, the, it sounds weird. If you read the novel, I maybe you have somebody else in mind, but like when you see the movie, Jack Nicholson is the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Mick Garris, like like he he directed the uh, miniseries on like, mm-hmm. ABC or something like that, and it was Stephen Weber, the guy from Wing. Didn't love Stephen yeah. Weber in that. And you're mm-hmm. just like, what? That wasn't so bad. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't bad, but it wasn't. I... no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just. Uh, it's you have in your mind Jack Nicholson of Jack Torrance, yeah. right? Hydraberg, think- if you get an opportunity to see this stage version of The Shining starring Ben Stiller, <laughs> I need you. I feel like I have to now. For I you need you to go see it and then report back or maybe even right. try to take like a little bootleg recording. And We're going to do like an on, yeah, on the scene, uh, <laughs> like a cut above exclusive. Yeah, it'll be... <laughs> little secret like well wait somebody record this on youtube or like maybe we're all collectively having an emergency and need to have an emergency facetime call right as you get to the theater yeah. or you guys I'm just, just have to come to new york no no, no. For like a business <laughs> that's too much effort just call, just facetime just go to the thing and facetime all right us, okay? fine i'll go see ben stiller and the channel it's gonna be great all right that's all i have Okay. The tickets are expensive. You guys are chipping in, though. I I will be happy to chip in. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. I need to know what this what this is about. All right, let's get down to it. You guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So I have just discovered as of 30 minutes ago that this film was chosen not by John but by Andy. So Andy, I will ask you and not John, why did you choose this film? Well. Uh... <laughs> Because I am a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, um, and I can't remember what it was that John wanted to watch, but it was something I think we've all seen before. And uh, I, I guess I should have known that this was maybe not going to be the greatest uh, uh, movie because of all the other sequels. I, I I think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre actually is the kind of movie that doesn't need a sequel. It, it is like The Shining. It's a classic. It's It's really a perfect horror movie. And in front of other people who are, you know, normies, I I tell them this is my favorite horror movie. I think everybody knows my favorite horror movie is a Serbian film. I just wouldn't admit that to normal people. Uh, (laughs) But Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just kind of normal enough that I that I can get away with saying it. uh, 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 But I remember this was this was kind of plagued with production issues. Uh, I remember on Horror Four actually talking about that. So this has been uh, in the can for a while. Hmm. That weren't there, and and then uh, it was supposed to get a th- theatrical release. That never happened. It ended up on uh, Netflix, which uh, I mean, there's there's great stuff on Netflix. Don't get me wrong, but it, I don't think that bode well for it either. It it did not. Uh, with all of that going on with it, movies also a minute, uh, hour and 23 minutes long, which I found to be a little brief. And I think it suffers from that. Mm. Um, but 
I guess the reason I chose it is because I'm a huge Texas Sick Chainsaw Massacre fan, and I, I guess I always hope that we're going to get some kind of treatment uh, of, of this that's going to at least uh, somewhat stand up to the original. Uh, I, I, I remember another reason that I uh, was because Fede Alvarez was involved in this, and I, I did like his uh, what he did with the reboot of The Evil Dead. And I'm a huge sure. Evil Dead fan, too. I'd say that's number three for me. I, I, I can't Hell remember. Yeah. I think he did a, a favorite... Uh, horror movies at one time, which is always very difficult for me to say, but uh, I think Evil Dead would be number three in there. And I did like what he did with that uh, when he rebooted it. So I, I guess that's why we had to watch this because I had this hope. I had this hope that there would be like uh, something brilliant in here. And uh, I don't know, I, I didn't hate it, but we'll, we can talk about that some more. I think those are all understandable reasons. And I actually, I am actually glad that you chose this because I, I think horror fans in general are like pretty above average in their optimism. Like, I think we're pretty loyal and like, we're willing to sit through a lot of shit in the hopes of finding something good. You know what I mean? Like we're, I think we're patient and optimistic and loyal uh, and, and mostly die hard. And so it's like, no matter how bad something might be or how bad the reviews are for something like we want to see it anyway and make our own opinion. Cause we might think it rocks, you know? So that's absolutely right. Yeah. You're totally right. And, and I guess that's the kind of hope I had for this. Yeah. I, I felt the same way despite all those red flags, like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is on Netflix. This was supposed <laughs> to get a theatrical release, but didn't what's going no. on. But yeah, the Fede Alvarez that gives you hope and, Everything else, I, I I totally agree that you said. So okay, I won't I won't get down on you too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. We can maybe uh, look at my dating history too and, and find out the choices I made there. Maybe that has something to do with. Yeah, it's just this hope that you have that it's going to be different this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've had your heart broken too many times, and yet you soldier on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we can all relate. <laughs> well, gentlemen, <clears throat> shall we decide whether this film fucks or sucks? You bet. All right. Andy, as, a, as our guest, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, boy, that, that's, that's, uh, that's tough uh, to put it in, in the black and white terms like that, because I didn't hate this movie. Uh, we have a gray for, area. For being a, a, a Chainsaw Massacre movie, just like the, all, all the other sequels. Uh, this is certainly not the worst of, of, of the sequels. Uh, I think I would give that to the uh, Renee Zellweger uh, Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> that the Renee probably- Zellweger Massacre. That's what it's officially called from now on. <laughs> it is. That's and McConaughey. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know McConaughey was in it too. But I like. I think it's more embarrassing to uh, Renee Zellweger. I, I don't think Matthew McConaughey... <laughs> would be quite as embarrassed. So I like to point out that she's in it. But she denies, um, she denies she's in it to this day. <laughs> she did? People do that. She, has she denied she was in it? Not well, being in yeah, it. Excellent. Yeah, she did. What a bitch. Oh, oh, sorry. Zellweger massacre from now on. Then. There you go. Yes. Uh, do it. But you know, um, I, I mean, uh, there were some things I found to like in it. Uh, but yeah, overall, I guess if I, if I had to choose one, I, I would say this movie sucks. Fair point. Uh, John, what say you? Well, because of our guests, we picked this. Um, Before we get into the discussion, um, there's a 
huge plot hole in this movie. And I will say I enjoyed this movie on an entertainment level. But if you are going Halloween 2018, yeah, this movie sucks. All right. Hydraberg. Uh, yeah, for me, this is going to go down in the flaccid fuck column. Um, it could have been a fuck, but it has too many mommy issues. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't even go there. Jacqueline, how do you feel about this? I, I, I'm curious. Well, last week we took a deep dive into It Follows. And this week, the name of this movie is It Sucks. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm just going to leave it at that until after the spoiler. Hydraberg is the the defender of this movie, huh? That might I mean, be a strong word. Fuck, I'm just there's, no, a, there's I, yeah, again. We, we all yeah, said it. Gonna... We all said it sucked, and you said it was a flaccid fuck. It straddles a line. Flaccid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a compliment. Uh, yeah. There you go. I guess. Uh, here's your spoiler alert. <laughs> We're going to be talking about <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 2022, which you can find on Netflix. We're going to talk about it in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then find out what we thought about it. And now, Hydraberg, it's time for you to put down your chainsaw, reach on around, and give us the plot summary. Rum, rum, rum. <laughs> Ready? Was that, was that part of your notes? Rum, yeah. rum, rum. I wrote that down. It's rum, rum, rum. Okay. Perfect. All right. Welcome to Harlow, a quiet little town where murder and mayhem is about to go down. Influencers and internet moguls have spent all their cash to buy up every building, leaving an orphanage for last. Its owner was sick and got ill really fast. Now she is dead and her son's really mad. With chainsaw in hand, he's a blast from the past. He'll smash, whack, and slice your skin from your ass. So keep calm and take a deep breath because it might be your last. When the shit hits the fan, the carnage picks up real fast. Sally is coming with shotgun to blast, but through the night will she last? A Texas chainsaw, just like the one from her, her past. Lily, Li Lila and Melody are sisters with drama. Lila dealing with emotional trauma. Can they survive both with their sanity or will they both come to learn that the saw is family? Oh, well done. Your, well ending, done. your nice. endings are always total <laughs> kickers. Yeah. Like You always nail those endings with like that perfect rhyming couplet. Yeah. I love it. It was awesome. Um, and I also love uh, Leatherface got real mad, like <laughs> like such an understatement. His mommy died and he got real mad. He yeah. got real mad. Can I, you don't I, kill his mama. And our friends over at uh, Spoils of Horror actually did this before we did. Um, yeah. How I'm going to start with Jacqueline. Um, how did you feel about the mask? The 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 mask that leather the, of, of his his mother that he cut off her face and wore the mask um it was all right i mean i thought it was like gross it was like sufficiently gross um it was fine i mean i didn't like blow my skirt up but it was fine mm -hmm. andy what'd you feel about it yeah i i i did have a problem with the mask i didn't think i thought it looked uh almost clown-like or something comical more funny. than it was it was scary um and uh What's that? A little foamy. Yeah, I think I think that's right. A little foamy is probably probably a good apt description of it. But I did have a problem with the uh, um, 
with the leather face mask, I did not think it was a uh, great prop. Uh, not, not real well done there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the, you know, fact that it came from his mom or whatever, I don't know. Uh, any Oedipus vibes little... there? Yeah. What's that? Any Oedipus vibes there with the, his yeah, right. mm-hmm. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's I don't think Oedipus to... wears his mom. I don't know. I'm just no. saying true. closest <laughs> thing you get in this film. Yeah, it's true. Andy, uh, I just want to touch. Hold on, John. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to touch on something Andy said. You said it, it, um, it seemed kind of clown-like to you. I didn't feel that way until the scene where he's like putting makeup on it, and that I did not like. Yeah, he's like and putting I mean, blush he's, on it, and I'm like, Mm-mm. right. I mean, he's got, I, I, and I see what they were trying to do, and he's got a history of doing that. I, I, I don't think that's the first time he's put makeup on in in on the on his fake face. So uh, I think he's um, done that in some. Go ahead. I'm going to agree with Andy. It, he did that in the original movie, and yeah. it's just more like 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 playing the mother role or something like that. Like he's serving dinner, right. like back in '74. Right. So, like for me, that that's the way that felt. I just thought the look of the mask was very foamy. It was just it wasn't form fitting. That wasn't, yeah. I, I, and she quite loose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was a very very thin woman. I mean, she was very. She was petite. I was so that's a good that point. Like, that's a good point. You'd think the, the face would be like kind of more stretched yeah. out over his yeah, face. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Well, Hydraberg, what did you think of the mask? Sorry. I thought it was all right. Like, I I was sort of hoping going on this film that he was going to like upgrade at some point. Like he was going to take that mask off and take somebody else's face maybe. Or like, you know what I mean? Right. So for me, yeah, it was like, okay, he put this mask on. It's not the best looking mask. And then I kind of got disappointed that he wears it throughout the entire film. But I mean, it's I mean, it serves the purpose enough. I do like how he like I'd like the scene of him taking the mask. Like, mm-hmm. I did not expect him to take his mother's face of all faces. After the I, I actually yeah, I actually like that as well. I thought the scene where he took the face was was yeah. pretty good. And holding up to the light is always, uh, you know, he's, that's not the first time he's done that either. But yeah. uh, it uh, that was pretty uh, an effective scene anyway. But. Uh, and I agree. General, I agree. I think it would have been great if he'd upgraded to uh, like somebody else. I think it's a lot scary when he wears a victim's face instead mm-hmm. of the, you know, his mom's face. I don't know. And maybe that's what he was doing in the original. I that might have been actually what he was doing, right? Yeah. Because like, uh, like Grandpa face. was still alive, but yeah. was that his grandma's face or something? Maybe. I, I don't know. No, no, because you see her no. in part two. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but part two doesn't happen in this one. Is that really canon, though? Yeah, we don't know. Like, God damn it! I, I have I have trivia about that. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> here's here's what's like biting at me, like my heart, my mind, and soul of being a horror movie fan is there is no continuity to this fucking movie. It's like it's not a sequel. It's okay. I get what Halloween 2018 did. You know, yeah. we've talked about that, and there is nothing where the fuck is the sawyer family in this movie zero i'm okay, I'm okay yeah. with hit him if they hit him in this orphanage that's fine and then sawyer family but, went and did their own they thing don't explain okay. it. Berg, they don't explain it they, no, i know they i'm just saying they basically say that this guy disappeared like he cut his leg in 1974 right so he goes back to his mommy fine i get that but why is he with the Sawyer family? Did they John, adopt him? 
let's say like th- that was his family and they dumped him here or that, that maybe this was his mother. We're, we're filling in. Blanks. Th- this is a 30 year old guy or I know. Or and then they show a guy in 1975 and he looks young. Yeah, so, his body. So, I wondered about where does this fit into? I'm sorry. Am I? <laughs> no, go ahead. no, no, you're jumping, okay. jumping okay. on this, on so, this topic. I wonder where this fit into the continuity because like Sally Hardesty is about the same age, which Marilyn Burns would be at this time. So did sure. the original events happen in 1974 or is it like Halloween where it got pushed up like into the, uh, into the nineties or whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, Michael Myers is actually 30 some years old. I mean, is Leatherface supposed to be okay? I don't know. Well, they, in his seventies or something. I think he's supposed to be like a geriatric. I think he's supposed to be at yeah, least like sixty-five. I agree. I, mean, I, agree. I think, no, I think but I think more like seventy or seventy-five. If you if you're doing the math, yeah, it's been forty-eight yeah. years. Yeah, forty-eight. Years. How how old do we think he was in the original? To me, he looks like thirty. Thirty, yeah. I mean, He's not like a teenager. This, I mean, he does not look like a teenager. He's like the way he looks way younger. Yeah, I, 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 I got the idea that the original events were supposed to happen in 1974. Yes, they, yes, they were. I mean, they didn't like bump this up and make it make it into the 90s or something like that, where the uh, original people were killed. She's got like a Polaroid of all the original people, right? Uh, with the exception of Pam, uh, I guess, who's the person who must have taken the picture, uh, because I looked, I paused and looked at the picture and see who was in the picture. And it was Franklin. Um, the, the two other guys, Kirk uh, and Jerry, uh, right? Yeah. And Frank. And then, uh, and then I think it was her, because Alan, she was sitting in the front Alan. seat, right? Uh, yeah, I think Sally was in the front. Yeah. Sally was in the front seat. So it's, it's yeah. her, the driver, Franklin's in there and, uh, and, and the other guy. So, and, and. Okay. So here's what they did is they showed this 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 composite of what Leatherface looked like, right? So he wore a mask. I'm taking the picture. What's that? No, no, no. The composite of of at the beginning of the movie is Again, uh, yeah. you, you see this this what are they millennial? Oh like on the dateliner? Are you talking about the dateline show? You no, know, I'm talking about the very beginning of the movie. They're in this gas station before they go yeah. to this yeah, town. Right. right? Yeah, that's so right. They, they go there. They're capitalizing on what happened back in 1974, 1975, right. what, whatever it was. And it's just like. Chainsaw corkscrews. Yeah, yeah exactly. tourist but, trap. But then, yeah. then again, it's like later in the movie, you see this picture of a scratched out face of a of a huge individual behind these kids of of an orphanage. And it's like. Okay, so that was a couple of years later. So you didn't realize that, you know, the person wearing he was wearing a mask. I didn't know who he was. It's 1975 on the photo too, so it's literally just a year later. Okay. And Andy, Andy, to your point, I think in this movie, Sally herself says, "I've been looking for him for 50 years." Yeah. Doesn't she say that? Yeah, she does. So, like, so the the time has been in real time here. Like, this it's not like they've condensed the time frame. So we're right. led to believe, I guess, that he's younger than we believe in the first film. That he's just a big boy, like because he's like, yes, oh. but, but he still, looks like a thirty-year-old man. But still, okay, let's be generous and say that he's like fifteen. Okay, okay. let's be really generous and say That's he's fifteen. Fine. Fifteen. Okay, years. that means that he's sixty-three now. Yeah. Right. That right. is like the youngest possible thing <laughs> that that could possibly be true in this universe, and even that's a stretch. But let's just 
be generous. And this motherfucker, he disappears like a phantom throughout this movie. And he's fast. He sprints like uh, like Florence Griffith Joyner or something. He's he's super fast for a, like a seventy year old. Oh, yeah. He's fucking like downtime. hoisting people up on Wait, the chainsaw. Yes. Like he might do Zumba or like Pilates. <laughs> we don't really know exactly what he's doing to stay in shape. I mean, oh my god. Of, well, back in the day, a workout video called Leatherface <laughs> Does Zumba. Yeah, no, no, back in the day, kids, it was called Tai Bo. Okay. Yeah, he might be doing Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda. Jane Fonda. There you go. <laughs> you owe me a Coke, a space Coke. Right, I think okay. I think I uh, I uh, derailed the conversation there though. We were talking about how he's there's no Sawyer family in this, and and that's right. that, I have a problem with that too. Like that's one of the things. Uh, sort uh, like Leatherface has kind of lost what made him great in the first one. I, I think they make him into the main character, which they make them make the mistake of doing in a lot of these sequels. And uh, I think what was scary about him is he was afraid of like the dad and the hitchhiker yeah. and uh, those other guys and grandpa. He was afraid of them. And that's why he did the stuff he did. Okay. Yeah, he was, like, all these people are coming to the house and he's like, I'm going to be in trouble. I got to kill these people. Andy, I, I'm going to exacerbate that. It, like, like for yeah. me is that, that, yeah, he was afraid of his brother, but yeah. he called him his brother. And then, it, like yeah. again, let's go back to the continuity. Is that that? How did this motherfucker like end up with a mom where he was like totally stagnant for the past fifty years? Or John, I totally, problem, John, yeah. I totally agree with you. I think it's, I think there's so much about the storytelling in this movie that is, I'm sorry, but frankly, ridiculous. Yeah, and like, does not even come close to like providing a coherent and complete story that feels like a continuation of the first one and I frankly I find it really hard to believe that Fede Alvarez is partially responsible for this because I expect more from him and I think he's a better storyteller than that and I like before we started recording I showed you guys my notebook and I have like a whole page just a full page of bullet points about things that like do not make sense or are not believable in this movie to me. One of the primary ones being where the fuck is the Sawyer family? Mm-hmm. Why is he in this orphanage? Uh, why isn't he in this house? Is this woman really his mother or adoptive mother or just somebody who took him in? Why does she, why would she take him in? I mean, the whole situation behind this does not make sense to me and it could make sense, but there's no like clues give it and so it does not feel like a continuation of the first movie and i think not including the rest of the sawyer family feels I, like a betrayal or like it feels like a nod to them that feels like an act that feels like a decision made by somebody who like does not really understand the greatness of the first texas chainsaw massacre film let me reiterate what you said is that where is the mention of the sawyer family okay so, so even, even if they couldn't get the rights of, of, of seeing Sally being driven away by like sitting in the back of a truck, it, sorry to spoil original Texas Chainsaw Master. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't if seen she's that, laughing, don't, don't, want, don't yeah. listen to this. Just go she, watch that. She, <laughs> why are you watching this movie for? She's you? laughing manically of like, you know, she's got blood all over her face, but she got out of this situation. She's lost her fucking mind. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, so again, I, I understand why she became a Texas Ranger. I, I, I get that part of the story of like, she wants to find this family. But she just wants... 
When in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre did they call him Leatherface? They don't. The original. That's like a a fan She says that to him. She's like, hey, Leatherface. Well, it's like that's a really good point. And I went, what the fuck? They never. And he was supposed to have hidden the fact that he murdered these people because she was looking for him this whole time. Yet this uh, orphanage mom knew knew him as Leatherface. And the continuity of what Leatherface looked like. I mean, he, he, he was a big dude. So they kept with the continuity of that. He was just a big burly guy that could like, like, you know, pick you up regardless. But then all of a sudden it was like, like they showed his face. It was blocked out. Um, You know, it, it was just like one of those things where you're looking at, this is not Leatherface right here. Right. Like, like, how did he so, go ahead? Mom, the the uh, I, I don't remember her name, but the orphanage lady, she definitely knows his deal, like as if he was dumped there or like she's in on it because she says, Don't go into my room, and that's where the chainsaw is, it's in the wall. So she knows everything that's going on. The problem, the problem is, is that okay, if she knows that, you know, they turn this, this story on its head of like you know, younger millennials of like, we're buying up this town. And, you know, he reacts as if he's like, no, I don't want you to take over my town. I'm going to kill all you motherfuckers. By the way, the gore in this movie was fantastic because there was this scene where uh, the mom died and, or, or she, she was dying because uh, these fucking assholes came in. Cause there was no likable characters in this movie at all. That's the problem. What? like Andy said, that's the problem. Leatherface becomes our main character where we're supposed to side with at least one survivor, but we can't because they all suck. (laughs) (laughs) So we are rooting for Leatherface at the end to kill everybody. You ask, (laughs) you sympathize with Leatherface. You're just like, you are not supposed to sympathize. Like if you have people rooting for Leatherface, you've done, you done screwed up. (laughs) I I would agree with that. I, I did kind of like what they did with some of the characters like um that confederate flag thing i I liked uh how it made the lady who was really their their victim a little more complex than just some ailing old lady who who was wronged by the people you know and came that came to town i i I like sometimes i like characters that are black and white you know like villain who's all evil or a a victim who's you know all good and you're really sad that they something happened to them but uh I think you can, uh, you know, uh, Dante kind of used that Confederate flag to kind of uh, um, um, condemn her. And was that really fair? And, you know, that's a conversation you can have. That, um, so I, I kind of liked that some of the kids, they were a little bit more complex in some ways. Mm-hmm. But you have to temper that with, uh, you know, having having a character that's uh, that's actually likable as well. <laughs> so. Okay, so so the little sister, I forgot her name because I'm Lila. Okay, so so Lila was the most complex character to me, but they sprinkled that in, and it was so co- fucking confusing. I mean, she went through a, a school shooting, and it was just like, okay, really are we getting unnecessary? Are, are are we getting political with the movie? And it and it's just like. Okay, I understand the trauma she went through, but you know she had a she had a bullet hole in her chest, like just, just like above her breast or something like that. And it was just like, why are we sprinkling this in just just so she can, you know, somebody tells her or Sally, <laughs> Sally says, it's gonna haunt you for the rest of your life. 
I, so I don't have a problem with films uh, making political commentary or, or bringing either. up questions for, you know, of, of uh, current topics that weren't discussion. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but a couple of things about how it's done here. First of all, I don't think it really belongs in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. That's not okay. why people come to like, that's just not what this franchise is really about really. Yeah. And second of all, if you're gonna do it, and the guys on the Straight Chillin' podcast, especially Randy, went into this much more eloquently than I could. So I'm just gonna kind of summarize. If you're gonna do that, like you have to just, if you're gonna make a statement about something, you have to like be very precise with it. You have to like pick what you're making a statement about and then make sure that you communicate that and like have something to say about it and then communicate it. Um, Andy explained in great detail and very eloquently, like how this movie seems to like throw a lot of current sort of buzzwords out there and like bring up a lot of provocative topics, but it doesn't really explore any of them. And it doesn't really have much to actually say about any of them. And so it feels like they're just throwing it out there to get people to like emotionally connect because there's nothing really else for them to connect with. Yeah, that's a good but there's point. but but it's totally hollow. It's just but like, was, oh, I'm going to throw school shootings in there. Oh, I'm going to throw a Confederate flag in there. Right, oh, I'm so, going to say gentrification. Ooh, yeah, you know, so, and it's like, so for me, what are you saying about yeah, it? So, so for me, it was like it was very just like a hodgepodge of let's throw all these, you know, the these issues or social issues. You know, it, it, it obviously was a political movie. It was one of those movies that was like, hey, you you'll maybe relate to this or that or that or, or whatever. I thought a really brilliant thing. There, there was this um, like when uh, Leatherface went into the bus, you know, everybody pulls up their camera, right. Or their phone. And one guy's filming it is <laughs> the one line that really made me chuckle. And I'm like, yeah, actually that was funny. Was uh, somebody commented. It's like, this is totally <laughs> so fake. fake. <laughs> right as he's getting like thrown across the bus yeah. with like his head cut off yeah exactly <laughs> right so, so, so like to me that was like okay so you you want to include technology but then again it goes to the political thing of like you know hey we're so conservative hey we're so uh liberal you know it was just like right <sighs> but it's not making a statement about any it's of that not, it's, it's just like not. putting it there and then like right. it's okay like, you're reacting to this right somehow some way it's actually making fun of millennials. It's like, you're stupid. You don't know what you think. I don't know. It's like, I do. I do appreciate the fact that we do live in a world now where people do pull out their cameras during atrocious things happening. And instead of just like running for their lives, they're fucking filming it instead. That are calling like, the cops. Bad. I mean, they're shit. This is totally fake. Yeah. And I, I, I actually like that scene for its brutality and the way it's filmed. Like, it's a really cool scene, but it's also unbelievable that nobody tries to break any glass. They all just, like, press up against the glass. Nobody tries to hit it with their fist or fucking use an object to get to get out of there. It just seemed like, like an homage. I mean, it was like like when uh, what's what? name? Like the sister goes into the closet. I mean, that seemed like a freaking Halloween. Halloween oh, homage. you mean in the original? Yeah. I mean, in the uh, in the orphanage and it didn't fucking make any sense because he goes up there. It's like like he hears her, but he just pulls out a dress and looks at it because his mom died. And you're like, what? 
He's having a moment, John. Uh, uh, apparently, just, you know, get, just give the guy a moment. You know, I, I, I mean, that. at least it's passes away. I get that. For I her mean. to get under the bed so she can witness Richter get killed, which works at least for me in that sense because that was a cool kill. But oh, and I she guess. conveniently like turns the the mirror. I kind of like so, that that she thought of something other than herself for a minute there and tried. Is to that the him. guy's name, yeah. Richter? Yeah. Yeah. Richter. Oh, yeah, Richter. He was actually my favorite. He was my favite character. I thought so right. too. What's up, Andy? Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I actually thought that was really clever when she when she uh, turned the mirror towards him. I thought that was one yeah. of the coolest yeah. things that a character did in this movie was uh, uh, was turn that so that he could see that. Yeah. Um, and I guess I guess I didn't know what to think about the character Richter. I wasn't sure what we were supposed to think about him. It was just like everything else in this movie. Um, there there were there was this idea that this character could be something really cool or that this could be saying something, but it never came to fruition. You know, there, there, there was uh, all this stuff going on and it was like, Oh, maybe they'll connect it this way. And, and none of it ever happened. Right. Yeah. It, it, that was the thing with like, with the character of Dante is that he was like offended by this Confederate flag, which understandably, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Don, uh, d- uh, the, that guy Richter cuts it down and he pushes it into his chest and says, here's your flag. And I'm like, well, because the lady died <laughs> over it. You know what I mean? So and it has and history that, from where they're from. So but that was it. And that that was what I was that was what I was saying. That's why I kind of like that scene, because it, it uh, yeah. you know, it it, it it made the characters a little more complex. You know, there's this lady who's kind of the, it, she's the victim of these kids that came to town, really. Right. Uh, but here she's got, the, you know, maybe these beliefs that are uh, pretty abhorrent. Yeah, they're out and uh, you know, so should we feel bad for her or not? And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. But nothing ever really came of it, you know. Yeah. Beyond that, and that I, was, I agree with you, Andy. That was the fucked up thing is that that all of a sudden this sister like finds the key. All of a sudden, you know, plot hole. She finds the key. She finds the deed. She's like, oh fuck, we just like killed this woman. Can I say something about that real quick? Please. How how the fuck do they not know which properties they own and don't own? <laughs> like <laughs> that is just absolutely beyond belief to me. Like that just really stretches credulity to like the breaking point. And also going back to the bus first. Can we talk about the bus? Yeah. Like we like okay, we agree like, like the bus. Let me the... let me go back to what you just said just okay. real quick. Is that that Dante on the bus? They didn't come in the bus, but he mm-hmm. has his files up there and I can't find it. I can't find it in this little plastic folder I think thing I have. I can't find it. Oh my god. Oh, oh geez. Well, let's go to the house and see if we can find that. <laughs> Uh, and, and, I mean, I, mean, I just no, don't like yeah. no person buying a property would not know whether they had closed on it and own it yet or not. Like, well, Dante you, you was just... looking at at her like, uh, it's probably at the office. The whole idea of them buying this whole town just seemed really stupid to me. Anyway, like, how, first of all, I know they're like famous chefs and influencers. But they're like twenty two. Like how do they have enough money likes. to like buy a fucking town? Uh-huh. Well, they only had like 3,000 no, likes on their video. That's not enough. Yeah, they, you know, Mr. Beast could probably buy a town like this. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that a YouTuber or something could do this. But Andy, um, he's 45, by the way. Is he really? Okay. No, I, have no <laughs> I didn't idea. know that about Mr. Beast. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I did think it was funny. They knew exactly where to look for the deed in that lady's house. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where my deed really is for this place. <laughs> is it in your bedroom and you're in the top drawer of your uh, in the dresser? Box? Right. Do you have a, like a little necklace key that we can find? Right. You don't keep it in the wall with your chainsaw? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, my God. That would be the most logical place for it. Also, oh. the house. did you notice in the very beginning when he goes up to when Dante goes to get the flag, you in the darkness, you see uh, Leatherface is sitting there just in the shadows and he's sitting on like a bone chair supposedly i i took a look at it It was hard to tell in the darkness but I've, from what i've read it's, it's supposedly a chair made of bones like I one of the that one. house but i definitely so, saw him sitting there and then the next scene he's gone but i, I couldn't lady, tell whether the chair was definitely made of bones the the, the lady the orphanage the lady who runs the orphanage obviously knows what he's what he's done if if he's got a bone chair yeah and it's in her orphanage yeah <laughs> I didn't she's got to be she's got to be complicit because uh you know Leatherface just isn't smart enough to get away with this for all these years. He needed his family to get away with it in in all the other sequels. Um uh, where he wasn't like the main character I guess, but um he was just yeah, tired of smelling dead flesh. That makes me feel less bad that she died. Yeah. No, I don't that's care. What I was just thinking. <laughs> that's what made me wonder if she was his actual like biological mother maybe or something or I don't know. And but like then, she, like, why just like invent this character out of nowhere? I, I mean, it's you're, just yeah, so, you're right. We're connecting yeah. too many dots where we don't need well, to, we have to do that. Well, it's not Did that we guys... don't need to. It's just that we have no like basis upon which to connect these dots because the filmmakers did not no. provide any evidence yeah. for this. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to what right. Jacqueline said: is where the fuck is the Sawyer family? Did you guys see the, uh, you guys, uh, see the after credit scene? Yes, I did. Oh my god! He goes, he goes oh, back to the fucking... house. Jacqueline, I'm going to spoil this for you. He's okay, walking back just tell me. The, he's walking back towards the house uh-huh. like, of the original movie. And it looked nothing like the house. Oh, no. Absolutely nothing like it. Why? Why would nothing. they do that? Yeah. Okay, and know. why would they just... Either. But why would they not set it in the house to begin with? Like, I felt very disappointed. I kept waiting to see the house from the first mm-hmm. one. I, I just was so disappointed and I felt like, did you guys feel this way too? Maybe it was just me, but this little area, this little cluster of businesses and storefronts or whatever that they've purchased and are going to auction off. It felt like a, it, it was so close in. I, I felt like it must be a soundstage, like a studio. It was like a back lot. On, it felt, it yeah, it like felt very claustrophobic. Did, yeah. I felt I like was, they did it out of budget constraints. Like it felt like the set of Sesame street or something. Yeah. Like it was just this little <laughs> corner. What, uh-huh. was, what was the point of the town, though? I mean, again, it's the, the con- there's like there's like two the people living there. There's like Richter no, and the three. orphanage lady. And- there's Leatherface that okay three Sally, Sally did not call Leatherface, and then okay, so you have a sheriff's department for three people that <laughs> yeah, it's like a ghost town with with three people, and this guy's like I, I, okay, I just nothing big, about it fits big. big plot. Yeah. So what Jacqueline said too, like the house was really one of the very scary parts of, of yeah. the original, you know, that just the like uh, whole setting of it, how dirty it was, the uh, mobiles of bones. And, you know, there was nothing like that. It was, it was this open area and it, it was, it was like, a, you're absolutely right. Like Sesame Street or something like this. Okay. Fake yeah. town. So the only homage they paid in this movie was that swinging door when he uh, when Leatherface killed Dante, because you saw it kind of swinging back and forth that he was doing something. 
you didn't see see that in the original movie, and it, but it was just kind of swinging back and forth of what yeah. he was doing. So I guess, but that's I hardly sufficient. I feel like the first film too did so much with so little that like they could have done that with. Oh yeah, that's my point. And John Larroquette actually did the voiceover in this. That's cool. Grainy news thing, which was like a 2020 Dateline thing. I felt I felt like this movie set up so perfectly because it was just like this, you know, backwoods Texas, like you know what's going on, and then we learn about the characters. They just want to buy up this town. And, you know, the, the, the blonde girl, uh, uh, Dante's fiance, like, I think, uh, is that her name? Yeah. She was like, Oh, here's where where we can put the art gallery or we could put a comic book store right over here. And, and it's just like, these people are delusional. What what the fuck are you thinking? You know, the sister, the younger sister brings up a great point. I'm going to drive, drive 70 miles to come out here. Yeah. And and I went, right point. Yeah. Once you get on your Instagram and start talking about it, yes, then people will follow you. Maybe. That works. So. I just feel like this was not a job for like social media influencers. Like, like to revitalize a town like that takes urban planners and like, uh, I mean, systems of people beyond what I even know about but I like I'm pretty sure it's not just done by like TikTok chefs <laughs> uh, Andy I'm curious what what was your favorite kill of the movie I'm I, I'm trying to get away from the negative of this Andy what was your favorite kill of the movie so I I really did like the uh stabbing the the initial kill the first kill stabbing him with oh, the uh, compound oh. fracture yeah, that was standing really with a compound fracture. I thought yeah, that man. was uh, that was pretty pretty awesome. As far as brutality I, I, goes, you know, like Richter. One that was uh, one that in, we can talk more about that, but one that I found to be pretty brutal, but I hated kind of was the sledgehammer kill because he should have been able to kill him with one blow. That's how Grandpa did it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that was actually a homage because it was actually it looked like the same hammer just kind of a a rusty old right they made the chainsaw look rusty and kind of old but you Mm -hmm. know the green of it just no continuity we're led to start it right up no it didn't start right up he had to fix it in the other room he did. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that yeah, what he, he had doing? to like oil it up or whatever he was doing in the other? That's why he didn't just grab it right away. He went in the other room for a while and disappeared. Yeah, usually it does fire up right away. And I was uh, I always found that interesting too because uh, I don't know if these people have never used a chainsaw, but they never fire up right away. No. Leatherface just must keep it like primed and ready to go at all times or something. They also don't um, cut right through metal and floorboards and fucking. Right. Joists and all types of foundations, like they, they will cut through can, some of that stuff, but it won't cut through all, all rusty of it. from yeah. blood. <laughs> and you can duel with them, uh, yeah, yeah it, like in Chainsaw Two. I did like that he <laughs> used it. Like, man, he tossed this thing around. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it weighs about a pound. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Jacqueline, did you have a favorite kill? dude? So. I, mine would have been the same thing that Andy said. I love that kill. I rewound it and watched it three or four times um, just because I thought it was like hilarious and brutal. Like I'm going to stab you with your own like shard of a broken bone. <laughs> like I, th- that was just amazing. I've never seen a kill like that before. But since he already said that, um, maybe my second favorite, just because it surprised me, was uh, Melody at the very end. Yeah. 
I, I appreciated yeah. that because I, I was not expecting it. And I was like, oh, I guess we're going to have two final girls and the, the next, I'm sure they're going to make a sequel and it's going to be the two of them again. And then slice, nope. And I was into that. As, and then Lila's just like, oh, as the car drives away and she's looking out the, as she's looking out the sunroof. That was great because it, I, I was not expecting that. So I, I like a surprise. Yeah, it was very cool. It was like a fever dream for a minute and she was going to wake up in the I car. I thought so too. Didn't happen. But I'm glad they stuck with it. I hate the, oh, yeah. it was just a, just a dream. Yeah. I hate that device. And so I was glad that they they and committed I, to it. I did really like that the movie ends right there and like the title sequence and title sequence and the music that kicks in. Like, I did really like that the way that I don't know. how well, it did The sense right score of like the original or. Yeah, it was a really like cool. Original. Yeah. I really like that music choice and the uh, the graphics and stuff. But really, I did not like the big blue block letters. I thought that I was so weird. That. I thought that was a strange was color weird. choice too. I agree. Well, it it was an it went back to the blue from the bus. I was assuming that's what they were. Well, that was weird too. I there was no continuity in this. And again, I thought some of the shots were beautifully shot. You know, when Leatherface is walking through, as silly as it looked, but yeah. like just. You know, Texas, it, it kind of felt like the original a little bit where it was hot right. or whatever. But really, I didn't get enough of that. I, I didn't I, either. I, well, I, yeah. I really like that scene in the in like the sunflower field. Where yeah. those, uh, sunflowers. I thought that really had a good it had kind of an orange hue to it, like they had an orange filter or something like that. It really made it look hot and uh, like the original where it was just hot and sweaty and yeah. kind of gross. And, and, and I, I thought, it. yeah, I thought that was uh, really well filmed in that scene. And then these fuckers added rain to it. I'm like, what, what's going on? And then he attacked the bus with one little tiny chainsaw <laughs> and it stopped the bus. I'm just trying to wonder, what's the weak point on a bus to cut that you could just. Stop? That's what I thought. Unless you cut the tire or something like that. It, wasn't, it didn't sound like a tire thing. It was like he took the motor out. But if you notice in right. the scene, he was like hiding in the shadows and like the bus had passed by. So he's he was able to away. run like the flash to be able to cut whatever he needed to. Maybe he and he's like 70 time. years old. That's what I said. He's like sprinting like, <laughs> like an Olympic sprinter uh, at, at this age. And well, where's, and I, where's the Sawyer family? Go ahead. Well, and I, I also think we're overlooking like a very big question here, which is like, why the fuck is there a bus in the first place? If you're having a bunch of investors coming to like auction, like, uh, bid on some properties that are being auctioned why are there like 20 19 year olds arriving on a party bus like oh, i'm sorry that is family? that's not like any investor meeting i've ever been to like why are they why wouldn't they just drive their cars to the properties they're bidding on because like, you're old jacqueline you're not a gen zer that's why that's how I Gen guess Z. is that is that how 19 year old investors get yeah. to auctions now they take a party but they meet at a predetermined location before the destination and they get on a party bus and then they all arrive together is that what they do now the, the children the kids where were they gonna sleep for the night they, there In was the an orphanage no, did I you don't guys know. did you guys notice something about the party it was kind of an homage to the original where they were cooking meat well yeah <laughs> these gen z ears were would be like vegetarians or something like that but the the way the way the uh the, the grill went down it was almost like rotating from the original did you hear the noise mm -hmm. that it made when they opened it it made oh. the same flashbulb noise yes. from... oh did it really yeah yeah it made the all the flat yeah. yeah. i made that noise i think i, think I, I was too annoyed they... at that point to notice 
I, was I think like, I know why they delivered all these people on a bus. It, it was uh, to increase the kill kill number uh, because yes. I think I, I heard them say, I forget if it was Fede Alvarez or who was talking about how uh, today, you know, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what, five people die in that? Maybe six with the hit, hitchhiker. And, and he, he said, you know, today in the 21st century, we have real massacres. We have these, you know, school shootings and things like that. And I think that was where that idea came from. And it just didn't get fleshed out in the hour and 23 minutes we had here uh, is that it was supposed to say something about, uh, you know, how now there's actual like massacres that occur. Uh, and that's why they put all the all these people because this is a real massacre that happens on this bus. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah. one of the be- better scenes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, I agree. That was a massacre. No, I get within the context of the film, like why this has, like as a device, why they have to right. arrive on a bus because it makes for a good massacre scene. Right. But within the believability of the story, it's like that that does not make any sense. No, it does not. You are correct. That is completely contrived to uh, up the body count. Which is it's why just so I obvious. I mean, it's just there's just like no <laughs> finesse to this movie. I feel like Fede could have done better. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It could have. Uh, And I think it also sets up that scene with the cameras and everything, which is really uh, the best scene in the movie, you know, where where they're and the best statement that the movie makes when they're, when they're filming him and, you know, saying this is fake and all of that. I think that. uh, Oh, when he's doing the live video thing and it's like, this is fake. Right. Right. Yeah. I think uh, it was a very contrived way to get to that point and, and make those uh, uh, make those plot points. So we got a returning, we got a returning character of Sally and we haven't talked on her at all. True. Uh, you know, I, th- I thought that here is another thing that was really wasted in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought the return of Sally Hardesty uh, had a lot of places where it could have been just awesome. It really could have been cool, and and it just doesn't. It, it never panned out. No, you set her up to be all, like cool. At yes, first, and then she just fell yeah. short right away. Okay, so I loved how they, I loved how they introduced her gut, gutting a pig. That was nice, like uh, kind of, you know, I, I don't know what it was saying, but it was you know, you know, it was showing how she was killing now and was a was a predator rather than the prey. Mm-hmm. I agree. With we that. saw her being last time we saw her. And the way they set this movie up or the way they, they advertise this movie is this is a direct sequel from 1974, right? So almost 50 years later, what happened? So if they couldn't get the rights to the movie, I mean, I, I would have loved a scene of her in the back of the truck, bloody face of just laughing. And then maybe just like um, images of her going through Marshall Academy or whatever it is and becoming a Marshall. But they just said... Nope, Sally's a marshal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she was a victim. She's a I'm marshal. I'm even okay with the jump to that. I'm just not okay with her just losing her shit as soon as she gets to town. Like she didn't there, she, she didn't had to jump ask, on the gun and she, she didn't add anything. The only thing she said no. was to the younger she sister, died, and, and it's just like you know, it, it it's going to, you know, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. So she picks up the gun, you know, because yeah the sister went through a massacre at her school. So that was the explanation of this. And it's like, and Sally's like, 
What was the point of her? Say my name. Do you remember me? No, he doesn't remember you. He's fucking. Like, and who cares? He walked and, Like, away. who cares? Just kill him. He, he, he's been he, trying he, to kill him for 50 he, years. Sitting just on take the bed. It. You have the shot. Black. Just kill him. He didn't do anything. He oh. walked away. She's standing there with a gun yeah. in his face and he walked away. Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. I had to pause and take a break at that them. moment because I was so mad. I'm like, you waited 50 years to kill this man and then you did not kill him so that you could make a weird little speech and like make him say your name. No. There Mm -mm. was a beautiful shot of like just water dripping off her hat and off her gun and her hand shaking just like, 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 like she's got this hesitation of like, you know, it's all coming back to me, but nothing happened. At least take the shot and maybe he like, you know, moves out of the way or something. Yeah. Yes, Throw at least take away. yes, take the shot because I understand they need him to stay alive so that yeah. he can do I, what he does at I, the end, and then they're going to do a sequel. I get that, but like she she's got to take calls the him shot. Leatherface, and when in the original movie does I'm not really bothered. No, I feel like they called what, him Leatherface as they put the case together. Like the cops called him that. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but face, when did so that happen in the original name. movie? Like serial killers. You know, if you are a direct. Sequel, yeah, but there's been a case built on this. I get that, but it did not happen because she didn't know that. She called him Leatherface as if, as if you know, that's what she saw when she was in the house of the fucking Sawyers who were not there. Implicate that she's well, even if 50 years later, yeah. Like even if even if like that nickname has become the sort of code name for him as investigators have put the case together or whatever and if and that's how she knows it fine but like we as viewers ha- don't know that like we, we have nothing assume else to that but we don't know either. it as viewers yeah. what else do we call him they never gave him a name she could say hey fucker hey yeah. fucker yeah, I, don't know, I guess what hey, did fucker. what did laurie strode say in 2018 hey, did she call him michael i think well, so yeah, that's did all she, but she him. knows that that's yeah it, but that's they common knowledge like it's common that, knowledge but, but that's, Michael Myers. that's my point yeah. is that they explain that away is that she spent the past 40 years of obsessing over this guy so so they said sally obsessed over this guy and it's leatherface okay so you couldn't find a guy that was wearing a skin mask in the same town that you're in, it, it's not that you're that far away. To With go. three people well, in it, you couldn't like you process of elimination. The house from That's the it. and she was at the house exactly. So how did she? How was that house? Even that was the biggest problem. Is that that <laughs> Sally shows up? She knows to go exactly in the house upstairs where he had just massacred people in a bus, and it's like, oh, I know he's upstairs. There you go. And didn't shoot the guy. She's been obsessing over this. At least Lori Strode, sorry to spoil it, knew how to take care of Michael Myers. He's not getting out. We're going to burn the house down, whatever. So, did she though? Oh, God. Let's let's choose Halloween kills for next week and we'll find out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't watch that. Do we have anything uh, else? Ugh. Okay. Any any positive things anybody wants to say other than the kills? Kills. I'm gonna tell you guys talk me down off a of flaccid fuck. I'm just gonna say this sucks. I mean, there's stuff <laughs> I do like about this film, but what, yeah. what do you like about Hyderberg Towers? I mean, I think seriously, I want to know. Really good. I think the cinematography is excellent. I think so. Do I? I agree. Even though some of them are, I think 
the gore is great. Uh, the kills are good. I think Leatherface is imposing. I'm I'm basically giving my review already, but you know, like there's a lot of things to like, but yes, like when you put it on the microscope, yeah, there's a lot of things that like this thing needed to a couple of rewrites. I would say if you were a millennial and never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the original 1974. Don't watch this because you'll be offended of what they think of oh. millennials. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't pick that up if you were a millennial. So, Man, I don't know. I think you would. Let's well, let's let's distinguish between millennials and Gen Zers. Gen-Zers like that, those are I like. Say, I think it's like I'm right almost in forty, and I'm a millennial. Yeah. Like, well, this is not like about me, Jacqueline. No, it's really not about you. It's like right in no, between. It's That's what I was no, saying. I think it's about like twenty somethings, and that is not my generation. I don't think twenty somethings are really millennials anymore. Yeah, I think, I think that's Gen Z. All right. Yeah. You know, some of the people on the bus look older than. Hey, Gen Z, fuck you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no. But so I think I, I kind of think that that's another problem that this movie has is like, I kind of think that this must be an attempt to like both appease, like please fans of the original. I think it fails. And I think it's trying to like pick up fans of a new generation and like create like an entry point into a franchise that has like some a little money behind it and like something with some high production values and like get some new fans but then they're kind of like ridiculing they're they're kind of ridiculing that target audience a little bit that that might be a little unwise i don't know how much they they will care about that the um you know young viewers i don't know how much they'll care about that i don't know if, if they'll be extremely offended or if they'll just kind of overlook it but uh it seems a little unwise and it seems a little schizophrenic like they don't quite know Jack and I agree. Who they're trying to get. Yeah, I agree with you 100% because I, there's a lot of smash cuts of like, if you're trying to pay homage to a classic, why are you putting rain in this movie? You know, all of a sudden it's like thunder in the, the sky. You know, it's like you're, it's trying to throw somebody off of like, ooh, look at that. Oh, wait, there's a bird squirrel. You know, it's no. Uh, didn't the uh, 2003 have an ex- like an extended homage and like a uh, like a crawl space underneath the house that was all wet though too? No, like, I understand. Rain didn't, didn't bother me. But 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 like yeah. like I, I agree with you, Andy. But the thing was is that like that felt dingy. Like 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 the crawl yeah. space that they did well, I, in this movie, it didn't it didn't feel like like claustrophobic. Where the no. you know the Jessica Biel one. There was some yeah. good things about it. I mean, there was a, there was this beautiful shot of uh, a kill. I'll talk with the gun at the beginning of the movie, which was brilliant. And and it was just like it, it, it kind of like the movie was OK. I'm not a big fan of it, but it just no. it, it paid very nice homage to that. You, it, it wasn't trying yeah. to insult you as a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do you think the rain was there to? wipe to clean the poop off of a melody actually Actually, you might be right about that that's not a bad bad point that's right because he did chainsaw through a a freaking steel pipe no problem no problem no problem no this thing's this thing's 50 years old so he can dig through yeah I, I don't know you know i i i live here in the north woods of wisconsin we we have chainsaws and that's a that's a pool and chainsaw it's like the worst brand you would never <laughs> saw through a tree with that <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's kind of in, uh, you know i can 
I can tell these things because, uh, because of, I don't know, maybe because I'm from here, but uh, yeah, the original was a pool and chainsaw. And then uh, like he, he upgraded to a, a steel chainsaw. I think in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, the, the yeah. Saw's family one was a uh, customized steel chainsaw, which is what I have. <laughs> He's used a variety of them over the years, but this was a this was a Poulin again, which was a harken back to the original, which I thought was was actually pretty uh, pretty cool. But uh, it's actually one of the worst chainsaw brands. You'd never be able to do some of the, any of this stuff with it. Not, Probably not even saw through a trio a person, much less a bus. Or a pipe, a bus. Oh, God, <laughs> he'd be singing the jackal song. I'm a lumberjack, baby. Yeah. No, I'm not because it's not going through the steel. <laughs> <laughs> he had a husqvarna, which uh, jackal guy had a husqvarna, which, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, which a leatherface also had in the twenty in the twenty in the two thousand three uh, reboot. So, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, that that one is so much better. Than this, I one. think I might go through the other ones now. After this, though, yeah. Hydroberg, have you oh, seen the 2003 remake? Yeah, I have. It's okay. It's, it's I actually that love that one. It's it's pretty intense. There's some intense scenes, and I thought they pull uh, Leatherface off pretty well as far as like being that imposing. What's that guy's name? Arlie. Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah, good in that. that. Oh, that guy. They... Was he the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket? Yes. 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 Yep. He was a drill sergeant in real life. So we're already scared of him. Yeah, we are. <laughs> And I believe that didn't Andrew Brenarski play Leatherface in those? He's like uh, he was in like Batman Two, and the, you ever see the football movie The Program? He, okay. He's in that movie. That he's, dude, uh, yeah. he's like a huge bodybuilder. Uh, I thought he was a really good Leatherface, actually. Yeah, but I, I, I think, didn't know who uh, that was, but I, I thought he did I well. Leatherface. I mean, um, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I think is on Netflix now, and I know they're not at all good, but I might just watch them anyway, just to complete the uh i've never seen three i actually want to see the remake from 2003 yeah yeah i think it's really good i think it's scary i think it feels like a texas chainsaw massacre movie yeah i think it Mm -hmm. like it's not perfect there's some stuff i don't like about it but um but i think it's a good i think it's one of the best remakes out there honestly one of the best better horror films that came out in the 2000s as far as like those remakes they were putting out and stuff like that like i agree yeah. yeah fuck Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that movie's awful. I think I think that 2003 Texas Chainsaw was one of the first like really big remakes and sort of almost kicked off the remake trend. Like the Dawn of the Dead remake came after that. The Hills Have Eyes came after that. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I think this was like one of the first ones that was like really popular. Good call. Um, They got better. I mean, the Nightmare on Elm Street fucking blew, but. yeah, you're right. I think well, there uh, are a lot of bad ones, but I think this was like one of the better ones. Um, yeah. Just my opinion. Was. I did like Texas Chainsaw too, more for entertainment because you see Dennis <laughs> Hopper coked up and, and Bill Mosley, my boyfriend, Bill. Mosley. I'm Lord of the Harvest. Oh, my God. I'll that fucking line. Rock. I would have loved to see an homage to like Chop Top or something like that. Like, a, you know, somebody, you know, maybe no. like a like a like that a been great. Yeah, like a statue or something like that. Or just like, maybe one of those hangers. Like a <laughs> metal head or something like that. that would have been In loving memory. 
That's why Leatherface went back to the, the closet. It wasn't to see his mom's dress. It was to see the hanger that Chop Top scratches. <laughs> it was just, a, it was like, it was a steel homage, like statue in the middle of the town square of it. Now, the, are we led to believe that the Sawyers are in that house he's going back to? Like he's going home? No, I was, they, I was no. trying to, How would they have that house? Know. It's a crime scene, like. No, years later and bought it again. Or but that's the problem. I knew I no continuity with this. Well, it was like, why was he going back? And Jacqueline, you didn't see it, but at the very end of the movie, you see him limping along, going back to the house, and the house the did though, nothing though. like it did back in the well, original. And the, and that was kind of what I I thought. I kind of thought we were led. We were trying to be uh, led to believe that the Sawyers were in there. And it doesn't make sense from all sorts that of angles because mm-hmm. Sally Hardesty is a, is a Texas Ranger and she's been in this house. She can't figure out where it's been for 50 years. And then if, the if, house. If, oh, if this house is empty and it's a crime scene, like uh, Ed Gein's house is about 40 miles from me right now and it's burned down. Nobody knows where it is anymore because they burned it down. Like this house would not still be standing. Jeffrey Dahmer's house is two and a half hours from here. They they knocked that down too. They would, this house wouldn't still be standing if, if someone knew that there was a what had happened there. That's that's the problem. So so again, they don't know this guy is the killer. He's wearing skin for a mask, but he was wearing a mask, so you don't know who he is. I mean, it's yeah. like what? Well, he's and the house is close enough for him to walk to. Like, exactly. it's close enough for him yeah, to walk to. True. Like, 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 he is so fucked up. With only three people. That's why nobody knows that it was him. He got three or four shotgun blasts to the chest, and he yeah, falls in water, but... He, and he a chainsaw. And a chainsaw him. to the face. Yeah. Chin, right? He just, like, uppercutted with the chainsaw. And then he could still get up, cut the sister's head off, and be like... I do love that scene. <laughs> Which, by the oh. way, was a dope scene. Yeah, I didn't well, like along those lines. Sally literally gets impaled with all oh the way through God. with a chainsaw, hoisted That's up crazy. into the air, and thrown across the street into a pile of garbage. And then she, ten minutes later, she sits up and shoots Leatherface. She takes it like yeah. a boss. Yeah. Come on. That was a <laughs> what kind of a fool do you take me for? That was a wasted character. I mean, if you're gonna bring her back, totally. you know, make her go out like Laurie Strode. I don't care. You know what? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, this movie makes me grouchy. I, <laughs> I've said fuck in this episode probably more than like any other episode. It just makes me so mad. All right, let's review this sucker. Okay. Right, Andy, uh, no, John, you go first. Yes. All right. Um, I'm not going to say a lot about this movie because like <sighs> I, I, I talked about my biggest plot hole is like, where the fuck is the Sawyer family? Um. I thought the kills were great. I thought some some of the cinematography was really really good. It looked good. Uh, the acting was piss poor. <laughs> it was it was not good to me uh, at all. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna kick it off. You guys can go on your diatribes, whatever you want to do. I'm gonna say this is a three out of ten. Where the fuck are the Sawyers? Oh, nice. <laughs> We're just going with full sentences now. Okay. We, we, we are. I, I'm sorry. Just that, that bothered me a lot. That in the rain. Three. Well, no. Okay. It can rain in Texas. Whatever. I mean, it rains. Okay. In- it can't rain all the time, John. Three Whatever. out of 10. Where the oh, fuck are the Sawyers? I like it. Yeah, okay. There you go. Andy, I our special that. guest. 
would you care to give your rating? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think like John, uh, there was a lot of good cinematography and there was a lot to that had potential here, uh, but it was completely wasted. Uh, Sally Hardesty, that could have been really cool uh, and it didn't pan out. It didn't, it didn't turn out at all. Um, there was some good gore in it. The uh, compound fracture kill was, was pretty great. Um, I like that they brought back the pool and chainsaw. Uh, but, uh, I, I think uh, it, it, they, they just didn't have enough movie here. And, and John knows I'm not a fan of long movies, but uh, you know, I think with an extra 30, 40 minutes, maybe this could have been something. And it just, uh, it got, uh, I think this is one of these movies that got destroyed in the process of movie making with its through budgets or the producer or the change of directors. Something happened here that just completely messed this movie up when it could have had a lot of potential. And I think it probably started out as a really good idea. And it, it probably had uh, at one point was a really good story and it just didn't turn out that way because of, I think, probably the process of movie making. Uh, so I would give it probably um, two and a half stars. And, and I would also ask where the Sawyers are in this movie. All right. 2.5 out of 10. Where the fuck are the Sawyers? That is our unit of rating here. Jacqueline, you go next. All right. You guys kept it short and sweet, but I still feel like I need to rant. Please do. <laughs> like, I didn't Let it go. Like Let it go. Uh, this this is how many things I had to oh say. Oh my god. About it. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> You've never shown us your notes. I was You've so never mad. ever shown us your notes. Go ahead. Uh for people listening, this is two full pages of notes. One one of those pages is just bullet points of shit that does not make sense and the other <laughs> The other side is just stuff that made me mad, just generally speaking. So, uh, okay, here are some more things that I hate. Um, Melody and Lila are sisters. They don't look like sisters. Thank you. I wrote that down. The actress who plays Melody is Middle Eastern. She is Turkish American. And Lila is like... 100 percent western european i'm sorry they just i was an adopted child so i understand about families not looking alike but they i just they're not sisters um let's see what else uh oh yeah the scene where the, uh before they go to the the place where they're auctioning off the buildings they go to the convenience store and they're looking around and the guy behind the counter says to Melody, like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. How the fuck does this, like, redneck convenience store worker, like, he's watching cooking videos on TikTok. He knows who she is. How does he know who she is? He doesn't know who she is. Uh, Melody and Dante not knowing whether or not they own the orphanage. Whatever. Um, That's a good point. That's a really good point, though. Oh, okay. Here's another thing. At two different points. Okay, so first, the realtor sees Dante with his face like cleaved by the thing. And she's obviously terrified, runs onto the bus and tells the bus driver, close the doors, close the doors, don't don't open the door. And yet at no point does she say, there's a killer out there. Somebody is dead. Like, why wouldn't you say that? 
And then like 10 minutes later, Melody gets out of the orphanage after seeing she's high. She's been hiding in the closet and hiding under the bed. She sees people getting killed. She escapes and runs back to the bus, gets on the bus. And she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> don't open the door. She doesn't say there's a killer out there. Why the fuck wouldn't you say there's a killer out there? They don't want to scare the investors. That's why. <laughs> she was, but like, but she was like, covered in shit. But then Lila is like, open well, the doors. I'm time. getting off. She's she has like a bratty moment. She's like, this is bullshit. I'm leaving. And she like gets off the bus and they just open. He just opens the door. He wouldn't have done that if somebody had just said there's a killer out there. We don't know. Dante could have fell down the stairs or something. I guess he could have <laughs> cut himself shaving. Um, OK, what else? The ending after Leatherface beheads melody and then he does the little like chainsaw dance and spinning around in a circle i get that that was like deliberately there so that fans could be like oh i recognize that moment except it's just like that's it's too obviously pandering to us like it's kind of like telling a joke you've already heard before it has lost its potency like in the original when the first film ends that way that's like a kind of creepy like unhinged moment that you're like oh my god this guy's a fucking maniac but to see it again in this movie it's just so obviously pandering and it has none of the like it has none of the impact that it does in the first one i think it's just a stupid choice yeah john i love the point you just made with that is that it's out of frustration in the original movie that that this person got away that 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 his his food got away mm-hmm. like this right. one it was a celebration like her, him cutting off her head was a celebration, rather. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, right. like, 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 like spiking a football. Yeah, exactly right. Because yeah. so <laughs> right. he does that t- towards the camera. Yeah, Jacqueline, that was the I perfect. Guess. That was well. No, no, no. You think about it. Is that this woman got away? Um, this was the food because they were playing with their food, and she got away. Mm-hmm. The brother died. Mm-hmm. And he was so pissed off. He's just, he, 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 the only sound he makes in the movie is like, Arr! but like, like, like with what you're talking about at the end of the movie, he spikes it into the camera. Like, like, Hey, I just scored a touchdown. Boom. And that, I just yeah. didn't like, I didn't like it. <clears throat> yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's good. He's just giving it. Okay. I, I, I think I guess, I guess that makes sense, but still it's just like too obviously like, Look, we're doing a thing that is the same as the first movie it's for like, people who have seen the first the movie. Chainsaw and he does kind of like this with it. That's right? the yeah. Gen Z going like, oh, yeah, I've seen that celebration when I'm watching the New York Giants. <laughs> Green yeah. Bay Packers. I agree with both of you. I think I think it would. You know, how I feel about them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with both of you. I think it was it was it was absolute pandering. That's the way I took it. But you're and you're right. I, I'm more offended by it because it was a celebration. It was it was a in the original. It was a it was out of frustration. It, it was it was unhinged and like just it was very psychotic. And in this, he's like he is like celebrating. And and I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of the characters are likable as Hyderberg. I think you were the first one to point that out. Like, how are you supposed to care again? Like you should. In this movie, you should you should not be rooting for the killer. Like there are movies where you should be doing that, but that this is not one of them. 
And I think that's a major failure. Like the character of Ruth, she's barely a character at all. The, the blonde girl, the blonde fiance who goes, Lila, I think is downright annoying. I think she's kind of a brat. Um, and she's the one that like, should, like really associate with yeah like lila you should be the most the sympathetic to because of her history and she's survived this terrible thing but again it's not like there's nothing being said about the school shooting and we don't like see any dramatization of what she went through or how she's been like coping or failing to cope in the aftermath of that it's like we're like all we get to get us up to speed is a bullet wound like a scar on her breastbone and that's Mm -hmm. it and so i mean just as a character though she's she's annoying richter you guys brought up the character of richter before and when you first meet him he seems like he's supposed to be kind of like a redneck scumbag like somebody that you would he has this big truck and it's blowing a lot of exhaust he's a caricature right like he's kind of just like a stereotype um and they're like you know, and they have a stereotypical kind of opposing side reaction to him, like, oh, that fucking redneck. And they're like uh, disdainful towards him. And then they get to where they're going and they discover he's actually the contractor. And it's like, oops. And they're kind of embarrassed. But so he's kind of like supposed to be sort of a tough guy and fit the stereotype. And then later when Lila is kind of alluding to her experience, he suddenly is very like soft and understand he's like oh wow that must have been really tough and i don't know it just feels like a total about face for the character the character this it's just weird 30 40 more minutes no thank you um andy i get what you were trying to say to like kind of make it make sense but i say i'm fine with the 83 minute runtime but just make what's already in it better like we don't need 30 to form more minutes just like fix the minutes that are there is is my preference that's a great point (laughs) um and a couple of you guys already mentioned the cinematography and like oh it looks great yeah it does look great i don't want my texas chainsaw massacre movie to look great i want it to look shitty i want it to look like dirty (laughs) and grimy and sweaty i want to feel like there's a layer of grime on the lens of the camera and i want to feel like the hot texas sun i want to feel like i need a shower afterwards this movie was too clean and pretty um it just was too glossy. Doesn't look like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Nope. Honestly, the only thing I like about this movie is the uh, the skill of the like the gore and the kills. I thought the kills were creative, and the special effects used to create the gore I think were outstanding. They looked real. They made me go, "Oh my god!" And like the guy getting killed with his own arm bone or whatever. It looked the kills looked great. Uh, so that was that was great. I feel like around the halfway mark of watching this movie, I like I said before, I had to like pause it and like walk away for a minute to regroup. When I came back to it for the second half, I just told myself like, okay, watch this as though it is not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and see if it's any better. And it did get better in my eyes, but that also coincided with a drastic increase in the kills and like the bus massacre and everything. So that could just be why I thought it was better. But I'm sorry, this was not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It totally failed in that respect. And just as a movie movie, it makes no sense and has just so many problems and flaws. It just doesn't hold together and the gore can't save it. I give it 2.5 out of 10. Where the fuck are the Sawyers? 
<laughs> Sorry, I really just felt strongly about that, as you can tell. That's a good one, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hydroberg, sorry for talking so long. That's all right. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be quick. I got to go to bed soon. So. Uh, I, I do like the direction in this film. I thought it was directed pretty well. Um, I did like the cinematography, but I do get that what you're saying about the griminess. Although, like, the first film is the only film that really has that. The rest of the films don't. But we're led to believe that this is a direct. This is a sequel to the. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, it's got like that Netflix sheen that most of these Netflix movies have that uh, Justin's mentioned on uh, Straight Trailing before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like a lot of the set pieces, though. I thought the Sunflower um, Field like scene was pretty dope. Just the crash scene in general. And, and um, I thought Harlow was was a decent setting. But like you said, it was like kind of unbelievable. Um, it did seem like maybe a back lot. And they did it because of budget constraints or something like that. And so they set the plot around this area just to, hey, we don't have to really move the film anywhere on location. Um, I did like Leatherface as far as just like how violent he was. And I thought he like the mask wasn't that great, but just the the actor that they got to play him. Definitely, I felt like fit the bill for the most part. Uh, He did move pretty fast for an 80 year old man, though. Um, But who knows what his workout regimen is. So. uh, (laughs) A lot of cardio. I felt like like the how imposing he was on screen is kind of how you want him to be at least. But yeah, he like he became more of a slasher in this, like where he hides, and that's not really his mo as much. I mean, it is a little bit, but um, it's more like when he's in his own house, you know, when he's like that. Um, I did like the kills a lot. Um, it's kind of a saving grace of this film. It had a bunch of great kills. The body count was pretty high because of the bus scene. Um. Which the bus scene was cool, uh, but, you know, it's not that great when you look at like nobody tried to escape really well. And just them trying to take photos and, you know, telling them he's going to get canceled. That was just dumb. That was heavy handed. The whole Gen Z commentary was just in your face and really forced. Like, I don't know why this film really focused on that at all, to be honest. Like, it just really doesn't work. And it's a detriment to the film. Uh, The story just doesn't really make much sense as far as the retconning of the original lore. Um. Like, why did this one take place directly after the first one? And I wrote, where exactly are the Soya family? So, um, where did they go? Uh, there are no likable characters or relatable main characters in this film at all. And you end up rooting for uh, Leatherface, which is you should just shouldn't happen in, in this type of film. Um, Sally coming back just to get killed was dumb. Um, if you're going to go Laurie Strode with it, like at least have like her archetype, at least have her like kick some ass for a little while first, like. She just shows up and, and fucking hesitates and then gets killed. And then what? Ed's like gives a little mentorship to uh, Lila, who sucks also. So who cares? <laughs> Lila puts the hat on at the end, though. So she's <laughs> supposed to be the new fucking Sally. I don't know. Well, Sally. Yeah, Sally. We- <laughs> Franklin. That was good. Uh, Franklin. I like ultimately, I feel like this was there's there's a fun ride a little bit here, but it's so unforgettable and unnecessary of a film, really like. Uh, it's it's forgettable. I mean, um, so like, I don't know really, I don't know why they made this the way they did. They, I feel like maybe extra time could have helped it, or just another script, like another run with the script. I think you're right, um, Andy, that maybe like people in in the movie company got involved with this and were like, oh, we got to make this reach more of this crowd or whatever. Like, you could see there's some kind of hand in this that fucked it up. Uh, I, I just can't believe that Fetty Alvarez 
just did this on his own. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like he's better than that. And the people, yeah. the people that he's working with just seem like they, they can do better work than what they did here. So who knows really what happened? But uh, with that said, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to give this three out of ten. Where the fuck are the Sawyer's? So it's not going to be a fuck anymore. I, I bumped it to a, a flaccid fuck. It's just a suck. So, um, yeah. And I'm so sorry, but can I say one more thing? Please. One of the things that I think worked for Halloween 2018 was that Laurie Strode coming back to this as a direct sequel. It partially works because it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. The actress coming back to play Sally is not Marilyn Burns. It's somebody else. And so that just works less for me. It's like, it's like you want to pay, like you want to like do fan service here and like have a little like, oh, this is a callback, but it's not really her. It's just the character and the character, as you guys have all mentioned, like doesn't really do anything. And like, she's not badass and she kind of just like kind of flops and, so it's like there to me, there really is no point in having the character back at all. If it had been Marilyn Burns, who tragically died a few years ago, but if it had really been her, that would have been more exciting to me. But knowing that it wasn't the same actress, I was just like, meh, I was well, really like limp on it. Agreed. But I think what Heidelberg said earlier in the uh, podcast is the fact that she's gutting a pig was like, like kind of that perfect setting, even if it wasn't her. But like, like, like she got such a terrible send off. I mean, it was just, it, it was so like, eh, you know, okay. it was totally squandered. It, yeah. It, it was absolutely squandered. And, and, uh, I, I, I agree. I think, I think if Marilyn Burns had been involved in this, she would have let the character be treated that way. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest. I, I didn't know what Marilyn Burns looked like anymore. So I, I didn't know that there was a different actress at first. Like when I first saw the film. I just knew because I read about it ahead yeah. of time. Like I was looking at the cast and it, I was like, oh, it's not her. And then I looked up and she had died. So I was like, no, well, it's kind yeah. of a bummer. I don't really care about this reappearance anymore because it's not really a reappearance. <laughs> right. I'll like if somebody, if somebody Valor. who wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis came back to play Laurie Strode, would you care as much about Laurie yeah. Strode? It's I don't care. It is fucking uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, but that's just me. <laughs> Sorry, John. You're just looking for uh, Darcy the male girl on. I actually have her. Darcy on my should Instagram. just play. If I want to talk to her, I could just DM her. So you should slide into yeah. her DMs. We're friends on Instagram and right. name dropping. Hey, yeah, it's cool. Oh, me and Darcy out of my post, John. So don't be jealous. <laughs> oh my God. I will say this is that if you are new to horror movies, do not watch the original because you won't get it. Just watch this. You can watch it for the gore or whatever. You know, you don't have to get the opposite. What? I really? think go old school and watch that original, man. Don't skip this. Fucking yes. Day. Are you out of your ever loving uh, mind? You got to know your roots, man. I'm go, just I'm just telling Gen Z it. to fuck off. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. Please we want to bring <laughs> new fans into the fold yeah. like that. We want to help the new generation be exposed to the classics. And I, I mean, would watch say them both maybe so you can see how one's done and one's not done. Well, ask want. Andy what like the favorite movies to watch. It's like Serbian film, or <laughs> yeah, probably don't start with that one. That can't uh, be your I wonder. I wonder how accessible. Have you guys watched like a fifties horror movie? Or I mean, how accessible is the seventies uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Gen Z? I wonder. I wonder if it's just not really something you can watch unless you are a big fan. You're a film buff. And, and I know you that need, like I know the you need kind of a entry 
entry to it like this because there's there's things that uh there's classic movies that i've watched that uh i've only watched because i've seen the modern updated version because it wouldn't have been watchable to me if i'd watched the original i can't think of anything offhand right now but um you know i, I would have never watched some of these movies uh if uh if i hadn't had like a updated version to watch first uh so i wonder 1974 is a long time ago. I wonder how, if you're, if you are actually a Gen Zer, how accessible it is to you. It, it might just not be watchable. It holds up still because I watched it right before I watched this one. For right, the first but you're, time. you're, but yeah, you're, I know. you're a super fan. You know, but maybe, yeah. maybe and, like and watch 2003 then if you're gonna watch one. Yeah, and yes. that's what I would yeah, say. Watch that. That's yeah. what I would say. Don't watch this one. You know, Andy, I hate to admit it, but I think that's a really good point. And I think there are a lot of younger people who I think it depends on the individual, but I do think that there are a lot of young people who just wouldn't have the patience for that. Like anything made before. I mean, I used to teach high school and I swear to you, they would refer to movies from the 90s as old movies. And it just really hurt my heart and kind of made me feel like a grandma. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But there, there are like, I think there is still you know, a subset, a small one, but still a subset of young viewers who want to see like the roots of film genre Mm -hmm. and they want to like, they have a patience for that kind of thing. I was like that when I was like, uh, like a young teenager, my mom showed me Hitchcock films and she let me, you know, when I got to high school, she let me watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I loved it. Uh, There's some people who are just have that kind of proclivity towards older things and have uh, patience for it. That's not the majority, but I think there are, some still who but I who think can do that's, that. that's how we all grew up. You know, did, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what generation you grew up in. We were a small subset of somebody else. You know, not mm-hmm. all your friends were horror movie fans. No. I think we all go through that generation of that. You know, I think what horror movie horror movies are doing now, the fact that, you know, you see them a little more ex- uh, into, um, and, and we go through generations that, you know, like science, silence of the lambs or, or uh, what was the Jordan Peele one that got nominated? Get out. Get out. Was it get out? Yes. Like, like uh, one original one. score or original uh, screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. Original screenplay. So I, we see that all the time through generations, but I, I think we're always going to go through this kind of lull of where, you know, people aren't into horror movies. But I think we're starting to see them a lot more. I think people are more entertained by them. You know, what, you I don't think movies. there's been a lull in people appreciating horror movies. I think just every generation in every generation, the young people are less tolerant of the, the yeah. art that came from the generation before. I and agree. What See, they it need seems old fashioned to them. Someone yeah. that actually yes. like shows them older stuff and learns so, them. To, like I had my stepbrother used to show me older music. Right. Like I got into the clash and the sex pistols and stuff like that because he would say, take the CD home and listen yeah. to it. And then I would learn, oh, I heard this song sampled in one of my newer songs. Like now I know where it came from. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you kind of need somebody sometimes to pass it down to you. I I got a good example of this. Uh, I just thought of uh, the thing with like Kurt Russell and uh, Kurt Russell. And that's one of my favorite horror movies. It's a a good horror movie. It's uh, a remake of one called The Thing from Another World in 1951, which I've watched also. But if I had seen that one originally, it's like a black and white with the, Mm -hmm. you know, the saucer on the string and stuff. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a. 
it would not have been a movie I could have watched if I hadn't watched the original. And I think, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'll just give away my age here, was, it came out one year before I was born and I saw it probably, I'd say I watched it probably 15 or 16 years after it came out. And you're, you're talking uh, almost 50 years if, if, if you're born today from, from when that movie came out. Um, so I, I think that you'd have a lot different perspective if you were a younger horror fan. And I, and I think I, I, I don't hate Gen Z and I don't like to hate on it. I, I like uh, some of their culture and some of their music, I think, more than uh, most people my age. Not that I try to like act like a kid or anything like that, but um, but I think these kind of movies are sometimes necessary to introduce and bring people into the horror genre. And the more, you know, younger people that we get to, uh, to enjoy horror movies, the better it's going to be for us because we're going to continue to have good horror movies and yeah. people are going to maybe take a look at something like this and then take a look at, at Texas Chainsaw, the original, and, uh, you know, make something better uh, in the future and say, yeah, this, this does suck compared to, uh, you know, the original. So. Agreed. So, so, so as you get older, though, I mean, horror movies are always going to be niche, right? So yeah. you, can, you can watch a movie like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, or you can watch yeah. Nosferatu, one of your favorite movies. Sure. You, you watch like it, but movie. still get the appreciation of it. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. like it's like growing with your, you know, your age of of being able to appreciate these kind of movies. Like to me, this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not going to stick out. For it's going to date itself just by the subject, like correct Gen Zers and stuff like that. Right, and but but the thing is, is that, that you watch right. like a Nosferatu, or you watch like a old Jar Dracula, or like Bride of Frankenstein, you're going to appreciate that more because you appreciate what that what that you know the movie did because it was smarter than its age because you you look at it or watch it and you get entertained by it as you get older. I could actually see a movie like this actually drawing you to the original more. Because uh, I think I would say if I was, you know, younger and had never seen the original, I might be like, what the hell does my dad think this is, think that movie was so great for? This is, this was a terrible movie. I'll, let me watch the original, see what the, his problem was that he liked this movie. Yeah, but give me an example of that. Like, like to me, like you had talked about, like with the 2002, three or whatever it was of the remake seems more true to what that movie was. Like this movie, oh, this movie will not do that this movie will not like go well let me watch the original and find out i agree with you john and andy i'm afraid i have to disagree with you i think if i have if i'm new to the horror genre or at least new to the texas chainsaw massacre franchise this movie would not make me want to explore any further i'd be like oh this this whole thing sucks i don't want to see what the original thing is and so i feel like it's not a good ambassador of the franchise um and i, no, think I would it, agree like, with you there yeah, I, th I think I it like totally I think it really like underestimates the intelligence of its of its target viewers. Um, I think I think it like whoever is responsible for the messiness of this script and and the whole production. I think is like assuming that younger viewers won't care or like they won't notice how bad it is. Um, I don't know, but I, I think it's kind yeah. of insulting. Not, fair point. Very good point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. you you brought up the thing or the thing from from another world. What it did yeah. was is yes, you're right. It is dated as far as the way it looks or the 
technology or whatever, but it's specifically like, like, like with the thing, it was meant to be scary. And John Carpenter had this brain to be able to use a score that really drew you in or, or the story, or just like, like the whole ambiance of like being in the Antarctic of being able to, you know, be afraid of that. Like this was just like saying, Listen, you got technology, you can film this, and it's like I got oh, an yeah, idea that looks guys, what's that? If you guys want to Gen Zers or anybody wants to see a film that's an homage to Texas Chainsaw, go see X in theaters right now. One hundred percent. You are right, Hydraberg. That yeah. that movie is a much better homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre than this movie is, and that is <laughs> sad. And it's about <laughs> porn. And there, yeah. there, there is porn in it. Yes, John, there's boobs in it. You might not like it. I don't know. It's a really horny movie. What? It is very <laughs> horny, but it's a, it was a horny decade. That's what? true. <laughs> all right, you guys want to hear one interesting trivia fact? Because that's all there is. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a lot of trivia facts, but none of them are interesting. There's just one. So, a lot like uh, the road signs show the town of Harlow is having a population of one thousand nine hundred and seventy-four. 1974 uh, the year the original was released how clever uh-huh. <laughs> nice homage and then the fr- i'll read just one other thing this is something that andy already said at the beginning of the episode but i think it bears repeating because this really tells you all you need to know about this film film was a- initially slated for a theatrical release in 2021 but all plans were scrapped after a string of disastrous test screenings Damn. And it was subsequently sold to Netflix, where it eventually debuted in February 2022. <laughs> that is all you need to know to know what happened to this movie. So, yeah. like, nobody should be surprised. None of the nobody at Netflix or nobody who is involved with the making of this film should be surprised at how it's performing. And, and I'm going to yeah. say, Andy, I'm going to guess that this thing had a hundred like or an hour and forty four minute runtime. <laughs> they cut the twenty minutes out because it had to go to Netflix. So it's, it was probably yeah. that much worse. It probably, it probably actually was worse. You're right. <laughs> I should just think about what I say before I say it. <laughs> Jacqueline is totally right. Thirty sit uh, thirty to forty more minutes in this movie we probably would not Ab- have improved it. Absolutely. Oh God. <laughs> Where the well, fuck are the Sawyers? <laughs> Let's end it on that note. Okay. Would you guys like to hear what we're watching next week? Ooh, is yeah. it your pick? It is my pick. What are we picking? Uh, okay. So amid all this conversation about older films and testing viewers' patience and can you tolerate things that are more old-fashioned, I have selected the 1962 film Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. You've spoken of this show before. Have I? Okay. Yeah. I didn't remember. He but it. It listen to Hydraberg. He was like, he's, he's he's we got to let him go to bed. But I believe this might be on Tubi for free. I think uh, if not, it is definitely available to rent on Amazon. So there is a remake or a TV movie or something from like 1991. Don't watch that. We're mm. talking about the 1962 one starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. That I'm is... Excited. Yeah, that is the OG. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Go watch it and we'll review it. In the Slack chat, Naderade um, asked me in a DM. He was like, hey, what are some of the movies you guys are doing next? I can kind of get ahead of the the curve. So I was like, I told him I checked the spreadsheet. I told him the film and he's like, 
is it the 1962 one or 1990s? I was like, knowing Jacqueline, it's 1962. We're going to go with that one. That's you know me so well, Hydraberg. I love it. You were yeah. absolutely right. So, yep. Uh, all right, fellas. Another thank you to Andy Gilly. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love having you on. Uh, I, I just love hearing your take on things. And also, I need to know what your skincare regimen is because I thought you were a lot younger than you revealed yourself to be. So I'm going to need you to message me privately about that. Please. Thank you. Well, he has no hair. You can't see any gray. So that's, right that's got to be it. Yeah. His skin looks like a baby's butt. Yeah, Do you see how smooth his skin is? I've gotten a lot of drinking is? and sun in my life, so I'm not sure. But well, you, you look quite thank youthful. You I have also to the chainsaw knowledge much. that you dropped was impressive. I say. <laughs> yeah, well, Andy's yeah, a man's change, man. Maybe it's chainsaw I smoke. I don't know. I uh, well, thank thank you very much, Jacqueline. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. I uh, I uh, always enjoy coming on the show and talking to you guys as well. Well, I hope it won't be the last time. Absolutely not. No, we got to do hatchet. <laughs> yes, we will. So oh, Serbian film. No, we're never no, doing thank you. that. that. We have made a pact that we will that. not be covering a Serbian film on never. this show. Never. <clears throat> we'll be taking a sabbatical on that weekend. Same here. So before next week, if anyone out there would like to email us with questions, comments about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, your own reviews, anything that you might want to say to us or ask us, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can follow us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And real quick, I just want to plug. Don't forget to check out uh, our friends, the Spoils of Horror podcast. They also John mentioned it before. They covered this film also, uh, but they do it in like a chill hangout sort of shoot the shit sort of way. They don't review it as much. So if mm-hmm. you just want to hear guys like riff on this thing, like there's some funny dudes. So go check them out. They are so funny, and but they also make really insightful comments about and, yeah. and really observant things. So mm-hmm. it's not just like no, you know just yucking joke. it up. No, it's not that they're they're smart guys. There's a too. lot of dick jokes in there. Stephen, Stephen and Leo like they, they yeah. make a lot of dick. They're, but very they're good. They're good dick jokes. Podcast as well, though. They're funny. Yeah, yeah. You should also go listen to back episodes of Horrorphoria. Oh yeah. Um, because uh, that that's still on there. Yeah, you're still on there. Yeah, you're still on there. I listened to one a while ago. After you guys had the original pairing of John and Andy. Yeah, there you go. All right. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. uh, Cut above colon horror horror review. Thank you guys so much for the reviews on uh, Spotify. We're still a five out of five. And then uh, make sure if you listen to us on iTunes, give us that review. Let us know what we can do better or what you like about the show. So rate and review us on iTunes as well. And wherever you listen. Yeah, and we'll see everybody next week talking about an old classic, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. So we'll see you then. Where the fuck are the sores? And keep it creepy.